What's going on, guys, and welcome back to episode two of season one of a Washed Up Sports podcast. We are an authentic sports commentary from the perspective of two washed up athletes. I'm joined with my co-host alongside Max Lindley, and this is Evan Klein. Welcome. Uh, this is episode two. We're excited to be joined by Carly Helfand. She spent a year as a corporate services intern with the Philadelphia Eagles. She also spent a year as football operations intern with the Philadelphia Soul for the AFL. And then most recently, she is a scouting assistant for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL. Thanks for joining us, Carly. We're Welcome, super excited Carly. To have Thanks you. for coming on. Thanks, guys. Really happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so we're going to get going with the interview. Um, so Carly, as a scouting assistant, um, what does your job entail and what scouting are you personally responsible for? And, um, what does an average weekday look like for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so as a scouting assistant, there's me and three others, and we help with both the college and pro side, um, during the season, we'll have our own pro team. So essentially that means that we just have to write up every guy on the teams that we're assigned to, any guy who had enough evaluative snaps. For example, I had the Steelers, um, the Dolphins, and the Ravens last year. So I was responsible to write up all those guys. We also um, have our own small schools that our area scouts might not get to on the college side. Um, so we have to write those guys. We go to school, we get character on them, and we're responsible for them come draft time. Um, we're also a big help when it comes to the workout. So anytime we have guys come in for a tryout where we help facilitate that and, um, just like other stuff, uh, miscellaneous things, uh, we help with advances for our pro scouts. We do POAs, which are like cut up tapes and essentially highlight what the player looks like in that season. And when it, when we got get close to the draft, we help with draft prep, combine prep, et cetera. Um, a, day during the season you get in around seven um if it's advanced day you help with the advance you get it ready for the coaches and then you kind of just do whatever is needed normally you're just getting your work done so right now we're doing we watch games for our pro teams and get started on our pro reports and if we have college teams we're calling about character and watching those guys as well obviously this year is a little different with the COVID landscape and we can get into that later if you guys want and um, yeah, so kind of whatever's thrown at you, you gotta be ready for and just be willing to help with whatever's needed, especially this year with COVID, we've been asked to do some things that aren't even in our job uh, responsibilities. So it's been pretty interesting. Yeah, it seems like you guys got a lot on your plate. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> um, um, for sure. So uh, what are some of the things that you look for like to come draft time and come when you're looking at these schools that maybe you're, uh, scouts didn't get to um what are you looking for in a player and like how much of a factor is fit like will this player fit into our culture our system how's their like attitude how much of that is a factor sure so for our organization i can't speak for others but for our organization um character is super important um we take a lot of time and effort into really getting to know the guys that we could potentially bring into the building and if we don't think that the character is up to par um, it can really hurt a guy um, ha as we have him ranked on our draft board. Um, so it's really key for us that we bring in good people to our locker room. Yeah, yeah. That seems like it'd be super important. I know with the Patriots, they're always talking about that. And it seems like 
Tom's in Tampa and it seemed like the Buccaneers before Tom also like had always had that staple of bringing in like high character guys. Sure. So we have this idea called like, I am that man. And it's like these criteria that we look for in the players that we bring in. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so we want to know, um, could you tell us what it's like for you working, you know, in an NFL facility, you know, like a world-class facility where you're surrounded by these world-class talents every day and um, tell us how it feels, you know, come game day, when you see your work come to life out on the field, what's that like for you? Sure. So um, obviously um, we have a very nice facility and it's awesome being around the guys. When I first started the job, of course, I was a little starstruck, um, you know, coming in and seeing these guys up close and like talking to them every day and, you know, kind of like then, you know, your employees now, your co- your employees together now, your colleagues, yeah. um, which is kind of like a wild thing, like growing up a Giants fan and like, you know, GPP was like this, like, you know, insane athlete to me that like wanted to Super Bowl. Now I'm like seeing him every day at work. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, what's up, JPP? And he's like, what's up, Carly? And I'm just That's like, this so is weird. Awesome. Like, this is, like, so weird. Like, 12-year-old me would be like, what? So like, so no. was that, like, your welcome to the NFL moment? Like, when you met JPP, were you, like, holy crap? I, like, I just couldn't, like, I guess. It was just kind of like, whoa, like, this is kind of real. Like, so now when I'm around the guys, it's kind of normal. Like, it's interesting because it's like, wow, like, Mike Evans is someone's hero. But, like, I just I hated him in the hallways. Like, it's normal. Um, so I definitely don't take that for granted. But it is pretty wild, um, I have to say. But in the end, like, you kind of realize that they are, like, normal people just, like, doing their jobs and, like, wanting to be successful at their jobs. Um, And then when it comes time for game day, it's honestly kind of, like, fun knowing the guys, like, off the field as well because, like, gives them, like, more another reason to root for them. Um, And it's kind of awesome, like, the day after a game being, like, hey, like, you did a great job or, like, that was an awesome play you had. it's cool that you get that opportunity. And um, for me personally, I haven't like scouted anyone like big enough that um, they're like contributing as a starter. Um, but my guy did make the 53 this year as an undrafted free agent. So that was really awesome to see. Huge. Yeah. There we go. I was really happy about that. Um, and that's like really cool to see like with your work paying off and like, you Absolutely. know, obviously like getting a steal as an undrafted free agent. So, yeah. Um, that's awesome. I, I personally, I've had the pleasure of knowing Carly for most of my life, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely most of my life, a family friend. And, um, I can just like tell, tell Max and, you know, the viewers from, um, from experience, Carly's someone who's always like really manifested this, like Carly's always known like so much about football and like, uh, everyone always knew that like, this is what Carly, like, this is like along the lines of what Carly wanted to do work in football and like that she was like, had the work ethic to get there and stuff like that. So um, it's really cool to have you on again. So thanks, Ev. Appreciate that. There um, you go. Um, speaking of that, like, do you have any like inspirations like that inspired you to want to work in football um, or was it just like the love for football? So I I mean, I have mentors in the industry um, for sure. Um, But I'd say like my love for football was the huge drive behind it. And my dad is responsible for most of that. (laughs) Um, For sure. Like he showed me my first Giants game. He took me to training camp practices. He took me to everything like we could possibly go to. 
we used to like rewatch Giants games together, like film <laughs> sessions. Um, and then he surprised me with season tickets um, when the new state, when MetLife Stadium opened. And that was like the best day ever. And uh, so he's been like a huge, huge um, inspiration for me. And also my dad always pushes me. Like he is so into networking and has always been that encouragement for me. Um, and then again, I do have mentors that are in the field. So my boss, when I worked for the Arena League, he was the general manager and the assistant head coach at the time. He left mid-season uh, to go work for uh, the league headquarters in the city as a game operations um, guy. And um, we've stayed really close. And he's like, he was like the best boss I've ever had, like always there for me, teaching me things, like really like saw my potential and like we're still in touch all the time and he's really really a good resource for me and then also um the o-line coach at maryland right now um he was the offensive coordinator when i worked at penn um and he was the first coach that kind of like let me under his wing to watch film with him um he would let me sit in his offensive meeting room and like watch film with all those coaches and that's like really when i learned like what to look for in players and like how to use uh, football terminology when like evaluating guys. Um, so he was a huge step in me learning what I know now. And Penn was, UPenn was uh, your first time working um, at like the higher level of football, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had, it was basically my first time. Well, I had like uh, early on, I did a marketing internship with their athletics department, um, but uh, interning with Penn was my first time on the football side of things. Um, and that was like when, when I really got my foot in the door. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so the NFL has been trying to make football a more inclusive sport over the past couple of years. And we're reading up on it. And in 2015, the Buccaneers launched the Women of Red organization. Can you talk a little bit about the work you've done with the Women of Red organization and what their goals are? Sure. So, um, one of red is an initiative that our organization is in a lot for um it's kind of spearheaded by one of our owners uh darcy glazer kasowitz um she's our only female owner so it's like a really uh, big personal initiative for her um and it basically looks to highlight um the women that are uh you know doing these high level jobs in the organization or jobs on the football side and it looks to inspire uh the female Buccaneer fan base. Um, so normally they do in-person events, like something during training camp, et cetera. And it's like they invite all these women and they have people talk to them um, just like about what's going on in the organization. And then, you know, they get the chance to talk to players, our GM, et cetera, and just like get the experience um, that organization gives them. And then this year we did a virtual event, which is cool. And I got to be on a panel um, with some of the other women that work on the football side alongside me. And that was really awesome. And we got to like debut that to a bunch of our fan base. And uh, I think we got some uh, good reception for that. So that was awesome. That's awesome. Um, so just building on that question a little bit on a personal level for you, um, what is it like for you working um, in a sport that is predominantly um, known to be filled with males and um, being a woman in the, that field, what's that like for you? 
Sure. So luckily for me, I've only had a positive experience. Um, every organization I've been with and every team I've worked for has been super inclusive and accepting, um, basically treating me like one of the guys, which I've always wanted. I don't want to ever be looked at differently because I'm a woman. I want to be valued for what I can do for the organization, not because of my gender. And I've always made that very clear. Um, and like I said, every organization I've worked with has been awesome and has only empowered me more. Um, I do have to say, like, I'm kind of used to it now. Like I'm used to being the only girl in a room. Um, it just, I don't, it doesn't like phase me anymore. Um, which I think is a good thing. Like, I think like the organizations that I've worked with personally have been doing a good job. And then like, you look across the league and you see women, uh, coming to these different roles. Um, and it's really awesome to see, like, uh, just like, it's super empowering. And like, we do a really good job of like lifting each other up. Like, um, we have a, a like a little group of like all the women on the football side throughout the whole league. And it's like 60 women. And like, we all like connect with each other and like empower each other and are there to network with each other. And just like an awesome thing when you think about it, that like we are breaking boundaries. Like you don't realize it every day when you go to work, but like you, like 10 years ago, this would have been unheard of. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's inspiring to us. It's inspiring, I'm sure, to many young girls around the country who see these women who are working in a sport that's been filled by men for 50, 60, 70 years. Like, and now finally women are getting the chance to work and show their value in a sport where it's not just about hitting each other. Like there's yeah. so much more to the sport and <laughs> everybody can be a part of that. Right. Absolutely. I think for me, that's like the biggest thing that like motivates me is that there, I don't care even if it's one little girl that looks at me and goes, wow, like I didn't even know that's possible and look what she's doing. And like, I want to do that. Like I didn't have that when I was a kid, I didn't have that woman to look up to. I didn't think it was like, you know, of course, like you set your dreams high, but like, you don't see it happening. You don't see it being possible. And like, I want to be that person for young women I want them to be like, I love football and I can do it too. And I can participate. And also like, you don't have to play to work in football. Like that's like not something that needs to happen. So like, I don't know. I always like, that's like the biggest thing for me is just like inspiring these young girls to get involved in the sport. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. You can like completely have a football mind without being six foot six and 290 pounds. Um, <laughs> in order to like be able to know how the game worked. I think that's just like obvious in my, in my opinion. And I'm sure Max agrees. Yeah, 100%. Um, definitely, definitely. And it's, and I, yeah, I think it's also, I really do think it's cool to just like be able like that next generation of women coming up. I think it's super cool to be able to um, like relay that message that like, you know, everybody is really the same. And um, I think that's great. Um, so. Oh, so yeah. We, we'd hate ourselves if we didn't ask. How is it with uh, I knew, Tom? I know where this is going. <laughs> how is it in the locker room? Have you met them? Have you talked to them? Are yeah, they so <laughs> I knew where this was going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had so, to. Ourselves. I know, you had to. Um, so Tom is as perfect as everyone says he is. No. <laughs> 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 uh, he's honestly super nice, like, he is always like on a mission so he's never like actually like really talked to me but he always like stops and says hi how are you whatever and like it's still a little jarring like when you run into him in the hallway you don't know he's coming you're just like whoa that's Tom Brady like that's fucking Tom Brady 
Um, yeah. So it's kind of weird, but like immediately when he came in the building, the like you felt a shift. Like the, our players were immediately like, we have a shot. We got to pull it together. Like, I think that's why we've been so good with like COVID stuff is because like the, like our team is like, we can really win now. And like Tom has really brought that. Um, and it's just, it's pretty wild, but yeah, like when you watch him on the practice field, it's super high intensity. All the guys are locked in. It's really cool. It's definitely different than it was last year. Yeah. Um, and Gronk is funny as hell. He's like a big little kid. Um, we, we got to meet Gronk. Did you really? At a bar mitzvah when we were 13. We Who's did. bar mitzvah? One of our, one of our, one of our friends, friends that we went to yeah, middle school with. Yeah. He must have been so happy to be there. Oh, yep. He fit right in. He was like jumping, dancing. That's what I remember I'm saying. Like, he's whatever. literally a big little kid. His foot is like this big. Oh, yeah. He's massive. He his shoulder. Yeah. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's just a huge person. Uh, but he's literally like a big little kid. He's so excited all the time. He's just excited to be here. Like every time he talks to you, he's like, and he's just like so happy um he's really funny and he's a big dude like he's a good ass blocker let me tell you and like we've let's just new england we always preach that where it was like yes doesn't get the credit no he will fuck some people up as a blocker it's fucking awesome yes he played the colts and he threw someone out the club yeah exactly like he is awesome yeah yeah like that's why it's like you know, like the first few weeks, like, you know, the coaching staff was like getting some shit, like why, like from fans, like why are you not throwing a Gronk, why are you not throwing a Gronk? I'm like, can you, like, the dude is the sick blocker, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, like personally, I like to see, like as much as like, like getting a nice catch is a good thing, like I love to see a tight end <laughs> fuck some people up. Right, that's like, like give that to me every day. Those are like the unrecognized parts in like mainstream football that people don't yeah. really look at as much. Right, the unsung hero. Exactly. Yeah, like you'd love to see a tight end go out there and pancake at the end. Oh yeah, it is awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um. So another quick question. So um. What was the culture change in the building like with Bruce Arians? Um coming in because like he's obviously a like very well-known coach and someone who um definitely has like an established like culture I'd, I'd say so what's that what's that like sure so I wasn't in Tampa with the staff before but I can definitely talk about uh Aaron's a little bit um he's definitely a player coach but at the same time if you fuck up he'll come after you um uh, which I think is like the perfect balance because our guys like like him but also have a ton of respect for him um and he does a really good job at keeping that respect um he definitely like doesn't lose the team like I think that's super key with a head coach like you even when you're losing you have to maintain the respect of the team um and he definitely has that I think it's definitely like a work hard play hard mentality um but if you're not working hard he will let you know um and he can go off sometimes (laughs) like off and it's entertaining I'll give you that but um, he is an awesome coach and like it's really cool to have him in the building and uh he's super respected by everyone that's sweet that's awesome um so yeah one more thing 
we we talked about Tom and Rob. Uh, there's also two like superstar wide receivers on the Buccaneers. Do they make the catches they make in games like consistently during practice, like just like when they're training? Is that like an everyday type of thing? Yeah. So um, Chris is definitely a like more of a practice guy than Mike. Like Chris will go hard 24-7. Like that kid is so tough. Um, Mike takes his kind of breaks here and there. Like it's definitely like different with Tom being around, but like he still likes to like take a playoff here and there and like chill out. He's like, I got this. Like you, I'm Mike Evans, you know. So it's definitely yeah they definitely like practice a little differently but like with Mike when it's game time he fucking turns it on he'll play through injuries etc and Chris will do that 24 7. Yeah I mean Mike Mike looked pretty good last game right oh uh, yeah just kind of yeah <laughs> just <a little. laughs> yeah I know no they look good they definitely look good they do. I'm sure that's yeah good for you and everyone else in the building yeah so um so far like so far, so good. Um, you know, with the Bears coming up on a short week, we'll see how we do. We are coming off a lot of injuries, yeah. um, which isn't great, but hopefully we have enough depth to make it work. So um, as we get ready to wrap up the interview, just um, do you have anybody you want to just like shout out or something like that? Like Any shout um, outs? Anybody you want to say thank you to? Oh, thanks, Dad. You're awesome. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> um, shout out, Dad. Shout out to dad for making me fall in love with football. So um, Carly, good luck to you going forward this season. Um, we can't tell you how much it means to us that for you to uh, come on and um, just thank you again so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course, guys. This was awesome. Um, thank you so much and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. You too. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by The Daily Scoop. The Daily Scoop is the premier dog walking and pet sitting service of Bergen County located in Glenrock. The Daily Scoop provides service not only to Glenrock, but to several surrounding towns as well. The Daily Scoop ensures that your pets are getting the best possible care while you can't be with them. Inquire for more at www.thedailyscoop.com. That's scoop with a K at www.thedailyscoop.com. So... That was an that. awesome interview with yeah, Carly. That was phenomenal. That Thank was, you, Carly. That was fantastic. Thank you, Carly, for coming on. We appreciate it a lot. Um, we know you don't have a lot of time. You got a busy schedule working for the Buccaneers, so we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to us. Absolutely. Um, so we're gonna get started with some Q and A from the Instagram. We um, put up a couple poll questions um, for some people on the IG to answer. So um, Max is going to pull that up and we're going to talk about uh, your responses a little bit. All right. So first question we put up on the Instagram was who's the MVP through week four of the NFL season? The answer we got the most, Evan, was Russell Wilson. We got four people who said Russell Wilson. And then we got a couple joke answers in there. Someone said Adrian Peterson. <laughs> but I think that's actually a good point. Like, although Adrian Peterson may not be in the MVP discussion, he is in the discussion of, like, very like good goat, player like this a year. Goat, like a goat running back. Yeah, yeah. like, he, he's been very good Obviously this year not even for close the to MVP, but Yeah, no, he's been effective. Yeah, we got a, which we is got a Carson Wentz, which uh, after last night, I guess, I guess, maybe. Oh, get out of here, Eagles. No. Not Carson Wentz. And then uh, Dak fans. Prescott. Dak Prescott has played well this year, but that defense cannot keep yeah. letting up 400 yards a game. 
not good for the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, I I bet you can probably agree Russell Wilson I think should be the obvious answer for Yeah, I think Russell Wilson is the front runner, runner and I right think a couple other names up there just to throw out. I think you got Lamar, even though that performance against the Chiefs last week, I think Lamar's still up there. I think you got Josh Allen. Josh Allen, hundred percent. Totally. Josh Allen played really well this weekend. And Freaking Buffalo, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Buffalo. They are legit. Buffalo is legit. If you couldn't tell already. Yeah. So Josh Allen, yeah, Russell Wilson. People were saying Kyler Murray the first two weeks, but after last weekend, yeah. I'm not Get sure out how many. Get out of there with that. Train. Russ is danger Russ is in uh full effect and I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. So I don't think so either. I think we should leave that there. Yeah. You know. All right, so Russell Wilson is our favorite for MVP right now. So the next question we have, we're going to get into some MLB playoffs. So uh, the next question we polled you guys was, what two teams do you think will be playing in the World Series? We got a bunch of different answers. A couple are similar, a couple aren't. We got three Yankees and Dodgers. So I think a couple people want to see a classic matchup. Yeah, Um, and that's that's definitely a strong possibility as well. A um, couple things for me on Yankees-Dodgers, I'd say definitely possible. Um, you know, the Dodgers, I feel like, always find a way to, like, screw up late in the playoffs, whether it's World Series, whether, you know, I, I, they they can make it as much as they want, but, um, you know, so, yeah, so that's that. And then I think the Rays are super legit Yeah. Um, just all year. The Rays have been killing it, um, and I think that they could really, you know, make their mark. You know, the Rays haven't been in a position like this in so long, and um, for them to be in the position, you know, hopefully the mo- they don't, you know, the moment's not like too big for them. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. It's been a while since the they've been yeah. in a position like this, and I think they're super excited for it. And uh, I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. To yeah, watch. I think I think they definitely have the talent, and I think. Um, you know, the Yankees, I think, are going to be the ones standing in their way. Yeah. So um, they got to get through, you know, that nightmare of a, you know, of a, of a lineup from the New York Yankees. 100%, yeah. It should be a good series. Yeah, I mean, the MLB, the MLB has just been, with the 60-game season and everything, it's just been, like, weird, you know what I mean? It's so different. feels weird, yeah. I think you're right. Um, a couple other peoples said Rays Braves. The Braves, they just impressed me because um, they went through a real rebuild. There was a point where the Braves were um, the worst team in baseball, and it wasn't even a question a few years back. They had nobody. And um, their prospects that were supposed to you know, come up and be the guys, they're the guys. They're you know, Ronald Acuna, Ozzie Albies. You know, they have Dansby Swanson. Freddie Freeman's obviously the leader of the team. And some solid, you know, some solid pitchers. The Braves are impressive, and I think they're they're com- they're competitive. Um, they, they As a team, they have to pick up their batting average. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, and I'm a mediocre baseball fan, as you guys can tell a little bit. Like, Klein is way more educated than me on this stuff, but just looking at their batting average here... Um, yeah, there's one player who's batting above 250. 
everybody else is below 250 and multiple players in the hundreds. So they got to pick that up if they're gonna if they want to continue this playoffs. That's yeah. for sure. And then on the other side of that matchup, you have the Miami Marlins, who uh, which is just crazy for them to be here. Yeah, um, didn't they have the COVID outbreak earlier in the they year? They did have the COVID outbreak, which was like right at the beginning of the season, and then um, somehow a team that nobody thought could ever be in a position like this is in this position, and I'm interested to see, for them, another team. Haven't been there in a while. Let's see if the moment's too big. They have some young, young pitchers, but these guys, you know, they're flamethrowers. These guys have crazy arms. Um, Sixto Sanchez just got, you know, no earned runs and a shutout to get to this uh, point for them. He's 22 years old, went out to the mound, and just, you know, just showed some unbelievable stuff. So props to him and, you know, some of the other guys on that pitching staff. Um... So that's an exciting series. And then on the other side of the NL, you have Padres-Dodgers, which, you know, Dodgers are, of course, going to be the front runners there. But don't sleep on the Padres. Um, as everybody knows, Fernando Tatis Jr., just, like, unbelievable talent, you know. Um, and Manny Machado, just these guys are, you Manny know, Machado's legit. Good. Always been good. So, um, yeah, and then you have Astros, A's, who just played today, and... Um, which was an interesting game, but the Astros hitting was a little bit too much for the A's. Put up ten runs and won ten to five in game one of that series. I have a question for you, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you feel if like the Astros made a run after all the controversy? Like, I don't want to see that because they cheated, and I just don't want to. I feel like they shouldn't. They don't. They almost don't deserve it. Just from, you know, robbing yeah. everyone else of that season, I feel like they almost don't deserve the moment, you know? Yeah. They are a good baseball team. There's no doubt about that. For but sure. it's just... I just think it's different because <clears throat> we're in this weird scenario this year. We're in this weird situation compared to years past. So it's a little different for the Astros and for the rest of the teams, even though they did go the, through this whole cheating scandal over the past couple of years. And uh, I, I think it's just different. So it's not like you can feel both ways. You can feel upset that they're still in it and be like, they don't deserve this. And you could be like, well, they already like were caught and like they're not doing it now. So right. why not let them play? But like it, it doesn't really matter because we're in this such a weird season. Like I feel like I've heard everybody been saying that about most sports that are playing this year. Like it's just been such a weird season for sports that – Winning, losing, like, although you want your team to win and lose, but it's, like, not as weighted as it usually would be. Right. I feel that. I know what you mean. Especially, you know, whoever wins this year gets an asterisk next to their name. That's what I mean. From the COVID. Like, there's less weight. Yeah, I guess. Attached to a championship. I know what you mean. But, yeah, no, I get it. But, you know, championship's championship at the same time. So, that's interesting. So, um... We're going to move on from baseball, but should be interesting to see how the playoffs unravel there. And um, Max has a little something back to the NFL, a little bit to share, a little take that he has that he wanted to share with you guys. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and the New Orleans Saints are missing the playoffs. So my question, that's Max's hot take. Um, My question would be, on the Michael Thomas front, what type of impact does that have if he's 
back there, if he's there and healthy and putting up his old numbers, could that change? Could you like see that changing or you're sticking with that? I'm going to stick with it because I don't think <clears throat> as a team they have enough. That defense is pretty good, but as an offense, literally all they have is Kamara and Michael Thomas. Right. We've seen that. Like, Breeze barely has anybody to throw to when Michael Thomas right. is Right, it's Emmanuel there. Sanders, it's Traquan Smith. Um, exactly. So, like, uh, and I just don't, I don't trust Breeze. I don't think anybody should trust Breeze. We've seen season after season after season in the later tiers of the season. His arm falls apart. He doesn't have these big throwing games. He can't throw the ball 40 yards down the field anymore. It's like, it's a different Drew Brees the second part of the season. I got you. So I, I don't trust Drew Brees. I don't trust the New Orleans Saints. I say they are going to miss the playoffs in this strong NFC South division. Interesting. So, yeah, and I mean, I, I won't deny, I'll never deny Kamara carries that offense and but he's you know definitely one of the best weapons in the NFL as a running back he does it all as a pass catcher he does it all great route runner great everything just a complete stud you know? yeah he's fantastic yeah um, I just I even with Michael Thomas I just don't see it really happening because he's the only way they facilitate their passing game so uh I'm just not a big Drew Brees believer um so, yeah, I don't think the Saints are going to make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised, even with Michael Thomas, if they made the playoffs. Okay. Um, this past weekend, though, some crazy stuff in the NFL. The Brownies the Cleveland put Browns. up 49 points On that against Dallas the Cowboys. Defense. And it looks like the Cowboys are in trouble. Or yeah, are they? could be. I, I think they might be. You think they're in hot water? Yeah, a little bit. Mike McCarthy is a miserable head coach. Yeah, uh, Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett are the same thing. Until <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys get, not get rid of Jerry Jones because you're never going to get rid of Jerry Jones. Yeah, until the Dallas Cowboys make Jerry Jones stop acting as coach, God, creator, <laughs> and GM and owner, like they're never going to be a successful football team again. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He tries to force his way into these situations and like makes it impossible for these quarterbacks that they have to grow. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys have good pieces, no doubt. They have one of the most talented offenses in the league. They have right. the number one receiver who could go up with Zeke, everyone. Zeke, absolute one monster, receiver. obviously. Zeke, they have, uh, they have a franchise quarterback. Dak is a franchise quarterback. I agree. Um, I definitely agree with that. The thing they're missing is a defense. People talk an awful lot of shit on Dak Prescott. It's ridiculous. But I think he, you know, he's good. Dak can freaking ball. He really does. Yeah, Dak can ball. If you don't think so, you're a little crazy, in my opinion. No, yeah. So, keep an eye on the Browns. Baker, OBJ with three tutties. Oh yeah, he looked really good. What a day! uh, By far his best game as a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, that. Trick play where uh, Jarvis got it on the end around and then threw it to OBJ in the corner for the end zone. That was beautiful. And uh, Kevin Stefanski was talking about it. He said uh, that the last time they practiced that play, actually, Jarvis, it was in practice, Jarvis threw it into triple coverage. Hmm. He said he was that confident in Odell that Odell was going to come back down with the ball. So that's a pretty cool thing from that game. It's good to see the Browns win. They're on three and one now, three and one record. Yeah, looking good. I'd love to see the Brownies make a playoff run this That'd year. That'd be crazy. That'd be really good for Baker Mayfield. They too. deserve it. Yeah, in my opinion. 
those fans, I feel bad for those fans. I couldn't imagine rooting for a team like the Browns. Yeah, so also a really weird statistic. I'm not sure what the actual number of days is, but it's like over a thousand days since this past Sunday, like besides this past Sunday, that the Browns and Bengals won a game on the same day. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's wild. Crazy. Um, so last thing we're going to touch on from NFL standpoint um, was our pick'em mishap. So obviously last week we did four <laughs> pick'em games, and um, only two of them happened on Sunday because obviously um, – Cam Newton tested positive. Cam Newton tested positive. Steelers Titans got canceled. Just there was straight a COVID up. outbreak on the so Tennessee getting, Titans. Yeah, There's so still getting. positive tests coming out of Tennessee as of yesterday. So that is not looking good for a reschedule. Yeah, so that's not happening right now until further notice. And then Patriots Chiefs Monday night. Um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, that's uh with Hoyer. So yeah, Hoyer's playing. Obviously, we'll, wasn't we'll anticipated. But the two games that did happen were Houston and um, Minnesota, Minnesota and... which we both got wrong. We both said that um, Houston was going to win, and we got those wrong. And then there was Vegas and Buffalo, which I get a point for because I took the Bills and you took the Raiders. Yeah. Um, Max really liked the Raiders in that one, but I just couldn't see it. It's all right. It's all right. Um, Houston, big news out of Houston today. Bill O'Brien, we just gone! talked about him on the last podcast. Bill O'Brien is gone. Is gone. Thank God, man. He was horrible. Yeah, we said that. We said Bill O'Brien sucks on the last We're on the done first with episode. Him. We said it. First episode of the pod. We said we are done with Bill O'Brien. So let's get someone in there who can, you know, lead Deshaun Watson and that team in the right direction. The defense, Their defense is, like, pretty bad. Um, it's not awful. Their run defense is bad. Yeah. But um I was saying to you earlier though, I think they should get Eric Bieniemy in there. Yeah, I mean he's Kansas getting a head coaching City. job next oh year. Oh my gosh. Just the a fact that he's not a head coach this year is a little to bit. To see him and Deshaun collaborate would be really interesting. I think that would be some really good stuff right there. I think if that happened, people would really start to see how close Deshaun really is to uh to Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Like, people think they're so far apart and, like, Pat Mahomes' world's better, but we'll I'm see. telling you guys, like, Deshaun Deshaun's Watson legit. No, is no, right No doubt there, about that. Yeah. Right there with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. So, um, final segment for this episode. We're going to check in on the NBA Finals. So, Game 3 was last night. This is huge. So, Game 3 last night. Jimmy which was Buckets. Sunday night, Jimmy Buckets with the triple-double put the team on his back to keep a minute. 2-1 Lakers. LeBron was crying all night. You think? Oh, he was crying all night. Every little call, he was just beside himself to the refs. I couldn't stand it last oh, I night. But meant, I thought you meant he was crying like, oh. after the game. Oh, no. I was like, I don't think LeBron was No, to the refs like, in the game <laughs> that he was being a baby. You. Yeah, um, Jimmy Buckets looked Awesome. But listen, last night, no Goron, no Bam Adebayo, two of the big producers for that team. And I just have to respect that Game 3 performance. You know, 2 nothing to the best team in the NBA. Everybody and their mother is betting on the Lakers. Yeah. So Everybody um, and their grandmama. Yeah. Put so the money I respect on the Lakers. That. Um, you know, and 
to have people that are hurt, Bam Adebayo included, who's just like one of the guys they play through. That's just like some never say die type shit right there. Yeah, you know? like Jimmy like, Butler really like that series. was like a he did it all last night. Resurrection to yeah. save the city of Miami. Yeah, you know it was nothing short of impressive. So we'll see. The Heat need another one on Wednesday. So I really, you know. What do you think, Evan? Do you think it's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the Lakers, they're tough. When they're on, they're on. Like, you saw in the first two games, like, when Anthony Davis is, like, in his, just in his, like, zone, there's no stopping him. Yeah. You it's know, hard and LeBron's there to, you know, organize and facilitate the whole thing and do his thing. And then when their role players are even, you know, playing well and shooting well, it's very hard to stop them. Yeah. But if you catch them on a bit of an off night, you need Jimmy Butler to do what he did last night and capitalize so um hopefully bam plays in the next game for miami so um to give them a little bit of a boost at center because last night kelly olenic double digits in points so um yeah so he they got a little boost from him which is good because they needed something out of the from another big so um yeah so really competitive in the in the finals in the nba right now Gonna be interesting to you know stick around and see what goes there. Yeah, everyone was counting the heat out, and we said on the first episode, don't count the heat out, don't count them out. They're they're not out of the series. Yeah, I'd like to see Bam back in there. I'd like to see hopefully Goron try to play. Hasn't been ruled out for the series yet. Not looking amazing, but we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. So um, obviously this drops Thursday. Game four will Is, be Wednesday. I actually think it's Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Oh, I might have made a mistake there. It's fine. Um, but it's Tuesday. I think game four is Tuesday. So this episode is going to drop Thursday. So we'll, we'll be talking about happens. the results of the NBA Finals probably next week. Yeah, so um, maybe there will be some developments by the time everybody's hearing this. But that's where we're at right now. And um, yeah, so thanks everyone for tuning in to episode two of season one. Um we had a blast making this one for you guys. Thanks again to Carly. Shout out to Joe Katzenellenboygen. Oh, yeah. He's has one of the longest last names I have ever heard, but he mm-hmm. helped us a lot with um, figuring out the audio editing for episode one, which we're new to kind we're of. New to this. We're new to this. We're novices. Right. So, so um, shout out, Joe. We appreciate your help, bro. Um, and yeah, so make sure you follow the Instagram, subscribe to the YouTube, and stay tuned for episode three coming next week. Thanks, guys. Shoots! I just wanna take you out and show you off. You already know that you're the perfect one. Girl, when I want you, feel like a champion. Ever since I got with you, I feel like I don't want me a trophy. A trophy. I want me a trophy. A trophy. I just wanna take you out and show you off. You already know that you're the perfect one. She got more
swimming in the money, come and find me. Nemo, if I was at the club, you know I ball. Chemo, drop the mixtape, that shit sounded like an album. Who'd have thought a countrywide tour would be the outcome? Labels want my name beside an X like Malcolm. Everybody got a deal, I did it without one. Yeah, nigga, I'm about my business. Killing all these rappers, you would swear I had a hit list. Everyone who got in me is asking for forgiveness. And you ain't been a part of it, at least you got to be this. Number one trophy wife. So it's only right to live the trophy life. You grew up on J-Lo, Timberlands by Manolo now. Till one day I put an angel in your ultrasound I wanna dip that ass and go I wanna dip that ass and go I made it over NBA, NFL players So every time I score it's like the Super Bowl Baby we should hit the South of France So you could run around without the pants I put that glacier on your little head Now that's the only thing without a tan My trophy on that bound bike I gave you only pipe If people don't hate, then it won't be right You could look at Kylie, Kendall, Courtney, and Chloe All your mama ever made was trophies, right? Get the fucking on the dresser just to make that pussy wetter Gotta put you in that vintage, now you rockin' Perry Ellis Then I leave with you Only cause I believe in you Trophy. Trophy. I want me a trophy. trophy. 